0: Hello, and welcome to the inaugural podcast of Heart Investors. My name is Brian Meshkin, and I'm honored to host this podcast. I'm pleased to have with me today my podcast co-founder, as well as its producer, Arnav Pagadiala. Allow me to briefly introduce this podcast. Unlike future episodes where we will hear more from our fabulous guests. This one, unfortunately, will have us doing all the talking. So what is this podcast all about? Well, let me explain. For many who have raised investment funding or capital before, you've probably heard the term smart money investors. These are investors who know about your industry, product, or problem. They know in their head and can bring value because of what they know. Heart investors are investors who know in their hearts about your industry, product, or the problem that you're solving. They know from personal experience, professional expertise, or something in their life story that inspires them to help solve the problem contribute to the field, and support answers. They not only know, but they care. They not only invest financial capital, but they invest human capital, time and money, which are the two things that people really never have enough of, but always want more. Hard investors can be individual angel investors whose lives have been affected by a circumstance that caused them personally some problems, maybe a family office whose family has been affected by a particular disease, or maybe they're a professional who has struggled to address a major need in their particular field. They have a passion to help and their return on investment is far more than just financial. This podcast will interview heart investors weekly that come from every walk of life, such as an individual cancer survivor who is giving back, caregivers who have lost loved ones who are trying to save the lives of others, families who have been burdened by a hereditary disease, entrepreneurs who are tackling major problems and more. The mission of the Heart Investor Podcast is to learn people's stories and share them to inspire others to do the same. As I've said for many years, one of the most virtuous things we can do when we go through a difficult experience is to help others who are going through a similar circumstance or better yet, help others avoid it. If we can inspire more people to become heart investors, we will recruit an army of innovators to truly create a better world. We hope you will tune in every week to hear us interview heart investors from across the globe and learn how you too can become one. All right, so now that we've set the stage about why we're doing this podcast and what listeners can expect to hear, let's introduce ourselves. Arnov, why don't you go ahead and start?
1: Thanks, Brian. My name is Arnav and I graduated from J. Sarah Catholic High School in San Juan Capistrano this spring. In the fall, I'll be attending make school in San Francisco where I will study computer science. Both my mom and my dad work in the technology field and my dad is an entrepreneur in artificial intelligence. I'm inspired to be a hard investor and help to make the world a better place. While in high school, I created a nonprofit technology platform called Suspend a Meal where a restaurant's patron can purchase at least one extra meal or suspends the meal at a participating restaurant that can later be given to the beneficiary. It's simple, as you register with your email, beneficiaries can pick up their donated meal at a restaurant. This year, I've been engaged in a bunch of internships. I've been a venture fellow with Social Impact Fund, Profound Ventures, a venture fellow Fellow with Cancer Fund, a management consulting intern with social impact consulting firm, Stratus Advisors, and more. Today, we will be asking each other some questions, but in the future, You, Brian, will be interviewing some pretty amazing guests.
0: Thanks, Arnav. As someone who was a youth activist myself, I'm so inspired by young people like you who are working hard to make the world a better place. Thank you for what you've done already, and I'm excited to see where life will take you in the future. I don't want to waste our time today introducing myself. You'll get to know me more as you listen to episodes of this podcast in the future. For those interested in learning more about me now, feel free to visit my personal website, www.brianmeshkin.com. And that's spelled B-R-I-A-N. And the last name is the word mesh and the word kin like next of kin put together. I'm a social entrepreneur and a social impact investor. And I'm excited to be interviewing others on this podcast who share a commitment to making a positive impact in the world. Having worked on many causes over the years, I've learned it is hard to implement change I've seen it as a youth activist, as a community volunteer, as a corporate entrepreneur working for some amazing companies, as an entrepreneur myself, as an investor, as a CEO, and even serving as an elected official. Those who profit off of the status quo have a special interest in keeping things the way they are. And unfortunately, their allies in the media, oftentimes in government and in industry, work hard to decry, distract, delay, or even destroy those who work to solve problems and help others, it's really unfortunate and it's hard. It's amazing how much money is made and power is held by those who profit off of keeping things the way they are. And so it's really exciting to be a part of this movement. I'm so excited to join you, Arnob in launching this podcast to highlight those who are heart investors so that all who listen can learn more, be inspired, and hopefully feel that they too can become a heart investor as well and help solve problems in this world by investing in a company or maybe a technology that will make the world a better place. Before we get started today, let's pause and say a quick word on behalf of one of our sponsors, Cancer Fund. If you've ever donated to a cancer research foundation in the hopes of helping stop cancer, then you may want to learn more about how to invest in Cancer Fund. Cancer Fund is a community of people sharing a passion to change the future of cancer now. They believe that innovation is the key to improving cancer prevention, diagnosis, intervention, and outcomes, and they're committed to helping promising solutions get from the lab to patients so they can impact lives. They support promising developments in their early stages where financial support can make the difference between a great research idea and a breakthrough in cancer care. Why invest $500 or more in Cancer Fund One? Well, to help cancer patients, survivors, and at-risk individuals fund promising cancer therapies, diagnostics, and preventions, and possibly even generate a return on your investment. I've been inspired personally by the team at Cancer Fund and recently joined them as a venture partner. To learn more about investing into Cancer Fund, or if you're looking for investment in your venture, please visit www.cancerfund.com. All right, so let's unpack this concept a little further. where do you think we should go next?
1: Okay, I've got a question. Can you, help me, can you help me understand the difference between an angel investor and a heart investor?
0: That's a great question, Arnoff. You know, angel investor is a term probably that most people are familiar with in the field of entrepreneurship. An angel investor is usually a high net worth individual who provides financial backing for small startups or entrepreneurs, typically in exchange for ownership equity in the company. Sometimes it's done as a convertible note or a safe instrument of some sort. Often angel investors are found among an entrepreneur's family and friends. Sometimes that round is called a family and friends round. The funds that angel investors provide may be a one-time investment to help the business get off the ground, or maybe provide some ongoing injection of capital to support and carry the company through its difficult early stages. There are many organizations out there that are defined angel groups across the country. These range from Tech Coast Angels and Pasadena Angels in my backyard in Southern California, Desert Angels in Arizona, where I spend a lot of time, Hyde Park Angels in Chicago, a friend of mine actually was on the founding team of that group, the Band of Angels, and a lot more up in Northern California and many other places. These groups are really important sources of capital in the early stages of a company. Now, a heart investor may also be an angel investor, but they don't have to be. In comparison to an angel investor who is looking to invest capital for a good return on investment by getting in early, a heart investor is interested in the social impact. They are interested in the cause, and they're guided by their heart. However, a heart investor may not be an angel investor, and let me explain what that means, in the sense that they may not be a high net worth individual. They may not make over $200,000 a year or have a net worth in excess of a million dollars to qualify as an accredited investor. A heart investor may just be a person who invests $500 or $1,000 because they truly want to help solve a problem that has emotionally affected their lives or the lives of their family. Hopefully that answers that question. And now I've got a question for you. Arnav, it's a question that I will ask every guest on this podcast who comes on because I love to hear people's stories. Arnav, what has inspired you?
1: So, I want to use technology to make a significant difference to the world as I live my life to the fullest, is what I wrote as my personal mission statement in seventh grade. Unknowingly, this statement has guided my choices and shaped my life so far. In eighth grade, I decided to pitch the idea of introducing a four-year computer science program to my high school boards in my area because nobody was offering it. After months of persuasion, my high school finally agreed to introduce a four-year computer science program, which is now one of the most sought after courses by parents and students alike. Navigating multiple schools as the only Asian Indian kid with two Indian immigrant parents helped me quickly adapt to different environments as I developed clarity at an early age about my interests. I realized I am drawn towards mission-driven projects with a higher purpose. As I learned that 40% of Americans for the first time were facing food insecurity due to the pandemic, with an additional 8 million falling below the poverty line, I came up with an idea after doing some initial market research, which was the genesis of the Suspend a Meal platform with the mission, together we provide one meal at a time in the fight to end hunger. Suspend a Meal is a powerful idea made simple by a technology platform. The platform enables patrons and restaurants to provide meals to the beneficiaries who need it the most. After graduating high school, I've decided to take a different route and attend a program called Make School, where I will receive my bachelor's in computer science in two years instead of four. While this may be wow. the road less traveled, I believe it is the best fit for me and what I want to do. The program is fundamentally based on the collaboration of technology platforms, which is what I found most appealing. After I graduate, my goal is to either create or join a tech startup, and I believe Make School will best prepare me for that. I am inspired by those who have found a way to live at the intersection of technology and charity. At a young age, my parents have always raised me with a sense of responsibility to give back to the world. I sincerely believe that no matter how I get there, I will make a positive impact on as many people's lives as I can. Whether that may be through the funding of education or infrastructure or anything else, I will make a difference because that's all that truly matters at the end of the day. So now I gotta ask you, Brian, what inspires you?
0: Thanks, Arnav. What an amazing story. And thanks for sharing that. I mean, just in the short period of time that you've had as a teenager, you've already been able to make a huge impact. And, you know, food insecurity is is such a huge issue when you realize how many youth especially uh, struggle with that every day and don't know if they're going to get a hot meal at home. I think that's really special. I remember when I served on the Board of Education and worked really hard to Uh, extend the free and reduced meal food program uh, for students when school wasn't in session. So that's that's really incredible. Thank you for all that you've done. I I love hearing people's stories because all of us have a story. Um, One of my favorite people who passed away several years ago, her name was Marjorie Hinckley, once said, there isn't a person you wouldn't love if you could read their whole story. So thanks for sharing a portion of your story and obviously you're still writing your story as, as am I. And so you ask me, I guess, what's inspired me? Wow. I guess that's a loaded question, maybe because I'm older. (laughs) There are a lot of things that inspire me. My faith in God, the belief instilled in me by my mother at a young age that everything happens for a reason. The story of my dad coming to this country, like your parents, uh, he was an immigrant, came here with $100 in his pocket, and lived the American dream. My love for my three amazing children and wanting them to have the best life possible. There are so many things that inspire me.
1: Okay. How about what inspires you to be a social entrepreneur and social impact investor, or what you call a heart investor?
0: Got it. Okay. To be a little more focused, (laughs) I I would say that my inspiration probably goes back to when I was a teenager, not much younger than you, Arnav. When I was in the eighth grade, uh, it was a tragedy that actually happened that inspired me. Uh, A friend of mine, Chris Kelly, was riding his bicycle in front of my home on a windy country road and was tragically killed when he was hit by a car. I'll always remember that day and what happened afterwards. Maybe I'll tell the story in greater detail sometime in the future, but it was one of those experiences that changes your life forever. I'll never forget kneeling by Chris's body on the side of the road. I'll I'll never forget seeing Mrs. Kelly, his mom, drive up when Chris didn't come home for dinner and yell,
1: oh no, not
0: Chris. It was horribly unfair. Chris was a great person who touched the lives of all of his classmates and his teachers. He was fun, he was kind, had the warmest smile. He was just a great all-around guy. And for some reason that day, his time on earth ended sooner than we all thought. Well, I didn't know the reason that this happened, but I came committed to find that reason. Just as his life had touched so many for good, all of us as his friends and classmates, classmates wanted his positive influence to continue and touch others. At the time, I wanted to be a lawyer, and so I had an interest in the law. Following Chris's death, I coordinated a student-led effort where we lobbied for and enacted the very first bicycle helmet law for children in the United States in Howard County, Maryland. I'll always remember holding Chris's mom's hand as that vote was taken three to two. It passed by just one vote. And then I lobbied for a similar law in a neighboring county, and then in the state of Maryland, And at the time, it was very different than today. You know, it was over 30 years ago. The media actually covered the facts instead of the fake news that we see today and actually told a feel-good story of kids trying to save the lives of others because of the pain from losing their friend. I mean, who would have thought I was on NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw and CNN with Bernard Shaw. It was just a very different time. In today's world of fake news and social media and personal attacks, I can only imagine how things would have been different. I'm sure I would have been demonized, torn apart across social media and Twitter if it was done today, but back then things were different. And so a couple months after all that happened and the law was enacted, I was contacted by a doctor at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., by phone, of course, because this was pre-internet. No one had email or, or internet browsers. And I was asked if I would help them as they were creating a new nonprofit organization at the time called the National Safe Kids Campaign. And they wanted to take this cause, which we started in Howard County, Maryland, and go nationwide. Well, I said yes, and we did. And during my high school years, we helped enact over 300 similar laws across the country. It was an incredibly rewarding experience. Today, that organization which started advocating for bicycle helmets has advocated for many other causes to protect children, not only in the the United States, but all across the world, and now it's called Safe Kids Worldwide. I am so proud to have been a part of its beginning. If you look at the rates of childhood fatalities for the 30 years prior to those laws being enacted, which were enacted during the period between 1990 and 1995, and then you look at the 30 years since there has been over a 90% reduction in childhood bicycle fatalities. Isn't that incredible? That means over 10,000 children's lives have been saved. That's 10,000 families that didn't have to go through what Chris's families had to go through. 10,000 schools that didn't have to go through what we had to go through at Glenwood Middle School. And then there's the many thousands of others that have been protected from head injuries. I mean, we just hear this in the last few years, the impact of concussions and traumatic brain injuries. These things were going on for years, but people are just starting to realize the negative impact they have on people's lives today. All of that was averted because of what was done back then. It's incredible to look back upon and realize the positive impact that occurred since. Surely Chris's life has continued to have a positive impact, and we found a reason in the tragedy of what happened on that fateful Thursday afternoon, October 12th, 1989. From that experience, I learned that someone like me, who wasn't particularly special, could make a positive impact in the world. You know, I didn't grow up in a wealthy family or have a famous last name. In fact, I kind of had a unique last name, kind of like you, Arnov, that I've always had to spell for people every time I'm on the phone. But I, but I developed this notion that even someone like me could make the world a better place. And I still believe that each of us can do good So throughout my career, whether it's working in big companies like Eli Lilly and Johnson and Johnson, being an entrepreneur myself, serving as an investor, I've looked for opportunities to innovate and help solve problems. That's why I consider myself a social entrepreneur and a social impact investor. And I'm grateful for the opportunities that I've had. Some have worked, some haven't worked. That's just the way life works. But as I shared earlier, with the corruption that exists in the media today and in government and in business it's a lot harder to do than when I was 13 years of age. We see it all the time on the internet, on social media, on television news. It's a a far more difficult environment. And So for those of us that really wanna make a positive impact in the world, we need to come together and help each other. I firmly believe that I probably could not do what I did back then in today's environment of fake news and social media and personal attacks. You hear a lot of these stories of youth who are inspired to make a difference after an awful experience, whether it's a school shooting or something awful that happens in their community. And you just see the way people get demonized as they're trying to do some good things in the world. You know, I've learned a lot over the last 30 years, and I'm I'm committed to helping others navigate what are even more difficult waters today. And that's one of the reasons why we need to mobilize people to become hard investors, We need people to do more than just contribute to a good cause. We need people to become invested in the solutions to those causes. And I'm excited to highlight and interview the many people who are heart investors that are committed to investing in these solutions and folks like you, Arnav, who are rolling up their sleeves and creating a nonprofit, looking for ways to use technology to help people. That's really what the future holds. We have the opportunity now to really make a difference. Well, it looks like I'm looking at the clock here and it looks like we're coming to the end of our time today. Arnav, thanks for joining me today and helping create this podcast. I know in the future, both of us are gonna be kind of behind the scenes in the backseat and just interviewing some of the fabulous guests we already have lined up and the many others that we're reaching out to. I wanna thank Arnav for your work as our producer. You've you've taken care of all the technology behind the scenes uh, so that these podcasts can be available across the internet for anybody in the world to listen to. We also wanna thank our many sponsors, specifically today, Cancer Fund and Profound Ventures, both social impact investment funds. We look forward to interviewing Heart Investors from across the globe twice a week. To learn more, visit us at heartinvestors.org. We already have our first dozen or so guests lined up. So until next time, instead of being manipulated by those in the media, industry and government, who would rather have us focus on the differences between people, Let's focus on how people can make a difference, make it a great day,